and this was just a whole nother tool set that it gave me. It's made me a better wife, mom, teacher, and obviously has started the second chapter of a career for me. So yeah, it's been mind blowing and awesome. And you're right. Everybody doesn't matter really what your job is, or if you want to be a quote unquote comedian or not improv is for everybody. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, community leader, activist, author, comedian, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal with this show is to show you, the listener, that no matter where you are, no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact. My guest this week is Michelle Fortin. She is an award-winning broadcast journalist, speaker, comedian, and actress. Her energetic personality and quick wit keep audiences entertained and encouraged. She routinely emcees events and conferences, gives keynote addresses on motherhood, relationships, and faith. She's been on Good Morning America, The Today Show, The List, Inside Edition. In 2019, Phoenix Magazine named her among the great 48 in list of Valley's most influential people. She is also the co-founder of Top Knot Comedy. Her viral parodies and comedic sketches have accrued more than 40 million views. Before being silly on the internet, Michelle spent a decade working in television newsrooms across the country, both in front of and behind the camera. She lives in Scottsdale, Arizona with her husband, her kids, Frenchie, and a tortoise. She is absolutely hilarious. When I say that Michelle and I spent most of this conversation just cracking up, uh, I'm not kidding. We had the best time. I immediately knew that she was my kind of people. We talk all about the impact that laughter can have on us and and just comedy in general and how we use our unique gifts, even when those gifts might just be bringing joy to people, how we use those to impact others. You are not going to be disappointed by this conversation. I know you're going to laugh. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Michelle. But before I get to my conversation with Michelle, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. You know how much I love Mama Suds. They are one of my incredible partners. I have been a huge fan of their products for so, so, so long. I use everything from their all-purpose cleaner, their Castile soap, their stain stick, their laundry soap. Every single product that Mama Suds makes is incredible. I love, too, that the head mama, Michelle Smith, goes through a rigorous testing to make sure that her products are not only safe, non-toxic, and good for the environment, but also they actually work. They actually work. I am such a huge fan. So head on over to mamasuds.com and use the code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now onto my conversation with Michelle. I interview a lot of people and I... I'm always excited to talk to them, but today in particular, I'm really excited and because I know that we're going to laugh. And I don't get me wrong, I like to talk about the heavy stuff. I like to have the deep conversations, but the former comedian in me really just loves to laugh. And so I am so pumped to welcome Michelle to the show. Thank you for being here, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me, Molly. I'm just so pumped as well. You're so fun. You're so fun. And, and the fact that just to give the listeners some context, 
Yeah. We were, you know, chit chatting. We were having a great mm-hmm. time. I was and giving you my old address. I know. It turns we're, out yeah. that she like grew up not far from where we live. I mean, even though now you're in, you know, Arizona and but and then we went to hit record and I counted down three, two, one, and I just froze. She went away. I went I away. Like, Hello. I just Molly? was in a void of the Al Gore's internet and I just <laughs> couldn't it was so we had to restart computers and internets and it was just it's been a whole situation so here we are finally recording i think our internet is stable and we're gonna have a great time michelle we're gonna do this thing thank you i'm so excited okay so we're speaking it into existence so it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine fine. everything is fine everything (laughs) is fine okay so michelle we're gonna just not waste any time and have okay. you give us the Michelle 101. So tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. <laughs> well, thank you again, Molly, for having me. It's so great to be here. I'm Michelle Fortin. And I, like you said, live in Arizona right now, Scottsdale, Arizona, with my husband, Jason. We've been married 14 years. We have a nine-year-old daughter, Camille, 11-year-old son, Kenton, and a really stupid French bulldog named Bruce Wayne. So... <laughs> And we have a, and we have a sulcata tortoise, Bianca, which is super fun. But anyway, um, how I got here, (laughs) I um, started off my career as a broadcast journalist. I was an anchor and reporter and producer in several different TV newsrooms across the country in Nebraska and Maine and Arizona, and really loved that career. So that was kind of my first step professionally. It's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to be Katie Cork when I grew up. (laughs) So I kind of, I got to do that got to interview really amazing people and tell some really special stories, do some investigative work that made a big difference in certain areas, which was very fulfilling and exciting. And I met my husband in Maine when I was a reporter there. And he, right before we got married, got a job offer in Arizona. So instead of following my TV career, we decided to go ahead and take this offer for him. And it, well, we got married in January, 2008. And I don't know if you know what happened in 2008, but it was kind of a Tough time to find yeah, a job. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. There was some stuff going on in the, in the you know. So some it was stuff. pretty obvious I wasn't going to get a job in TV in uh, in that at that point, which was fine because I was newly married and I wanted to have my weekends and holidays back. And when I had realized we were moving back to Arizona, I called my favorite professor at ASU. I got my master's degree and I said, "Hey, I'm coming back. I want to have lunch." And he said, "Do you have a job yet?" I said, "No." He said, "Great." you're now an adjunct professor of broadcast journalism at ASU. I was like, I I am? Okay. So I started (laughs) teaching. Um, uh, My first class was on a Friday. I got married that Sunday. And then I've been, I was teaching in an adjunct role at, at ASU, at Arizona Christian University, and now at Grand Canyon University, all here in the Valley. And I'm actually starting full time as a lecturer at Grand Canyon University this fall. So I've been a broadcasting and communications professor, you know, in an adjunct sense um, for the last 14 years. And I also, um, in addition to that, I have done media relations and birthed children. Yeah, no big deal. Cash. <laughs> no big deal. And then one, at one point in my life, I kind of hit um, a, a rough patch where I kind of found myself in a position I didn't want to be in. I had lost a job. I was had one baby. I was about to have it. My kids are 16 months apart. I was about to have the second baby. And kind of a forced stay at home mom. And I hated that. And um, I'm an Enneagram eight. So don't, don't you tell me what to do? Yeah. I don't no, like that. When, no. Don't put baby in a corner is, was the the quote for um, Enneagram eights. And I, uh, and so I was in this position like, so I kind of filled my dance card with saying yes to all these things. And I ended up 
hitting burnout because I was overly busy. I hadn't given myself time to adjust to being a mom and having little kids. And so I, I called it my reset the rhythm year. So I took a year off. I said no to everything, including all social um, invitations. My friends, wow. my friends would text me and say, I know you're in your reset the rhythm year and you're going to say no, but we're going to invite you out for dinner. <laughs> Be like, nope. Oh my God. I was just, I just really needed that time to step back, pause, find white space. Cause I did not understand the concept of white space in my calendar and my life margin was not anything I had experienced and my life had changed dramatically becoming a mom. So I did that. And when I came out of the year, one of the things I realized was I needed to do something for me, you know, really something fun, something out, out of the box, something creative. And I had done all these things in communications, right? I've been a reporter and news anchor. I've been a speaker. I've been a teacher. And one thing I'd never done was comedy. And I thought I'm pretty funny. I was like, I'm kind of funny. So maybe I'll take a comedy class and see if I'm funny. So I took an improv comedy class and that's where things changed. I came out of this reset, the rhythm year. I, I had this white space. I took one evening a week for myself to do this class and I loved it. And I came the last night you have a showcase and you can invite your friends and family. And so me being the extrovert that I am, I had like 50 people there. And like everyone else had like two people. <laughs> like filled the room with my friends and family. <laughs> At the end of it, this woman, Tracy Goble, who um, is a mentor of mine in our church. And she, we had at the time, the biggest mops group in the country, 250 mops. And um, she came and she said, you have to perform this improv comedy at our mom's group, which was like the best thing I could have ever heard. It was a validation. I am funny. People want to hear my jokes. (laughs) I can be silly on stage in front of my peers. This is awesome. And the only problem was you can't do improv. And Molly, you know, as with a comedy background, you can't do improv by yourself. That's not how it works. You have to have a crew, another person to, to do it with. And I knew of this gal, Leanne, uh, through mutual friends. And I knew that she had done improv just based on what I knew about her. And, um, and so I, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, uh, you don't know me. I know that you're really funny and you've done improv for many years, she traveled to New York and competed in improv games or whatever. And I was like, and I've done improv once and someone told me I was funny. So, um, do you want to do a show together? <laughs> She was, and she said, yes. I was like, what? So she and I did this show together for our mops group at Scottsdale Bible church. And it was so fun. And so from that was in 2017, we just kind of looked at each other and said, what's next? So we started doing parody videos and a couple of them took off and, um, went viral. We, and we did this one parody of Joanna Gaines and her husband, Chip, and kind of the whole concept of farmhouse decor <laughs> and Joanna saw it and she mailed us a huge box of presents and a handwritten card that you would see behind me in my office. If I was at home in my office, <laughs> you would see it prominently displayed in a shadow book. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Joanna Gaines sends you a handwritten note. Yeah. You save that like, forever. You save that forever. And so, so then this seems to go off. So we, you know, we do, and then that Leanna Michelle grew into now top not comedy. So in addition to teaching in the university, I, my husband and I now run Top Knot Comedy and um, Leanne and I do stuff. I do stuff. We have a whole crew. We've grown now to, um, we've added seven other moms. Um, we have 21 kids between us and we produce video content for brands and, uh, and content for our social media channels. And we're ambassadors now for Pure Flix, which I'm so excited about. Oh, that's and awesome. That's a brand new thing. Yeah. And, and so we're just doing all this really fun stuff and my husband gets to be a part of it. And 
yeah. So that's kind of brings me now to where I am today. Is that a good one-on-one? Oh, that was like, that was perfect. It was perfect. It was was (laughs) chef's kiss. It was chef's kiss. I'm not Italian at all. And here I am like, I I don't know. That's (laughs) incredibly stereotypical. Okay. So I love all of this because it was funny because I, I, you know, that was one of the, the pieces of you that I didn't really know how it had translated from being in the broadcast space and journalism and communications to also doing comedy. Granted, here I am with my background in comedy and people are like, how do you live on a farm? And it's like, that's a great question. And I would love how much time do you have? Exactly. And so our journeys in a lot of ways are kind of opposite because my comedy years were many years ago. And now I scratch my comedy itch through Instagram reels. <laughs> so that's yes. really where I Man, am. What an outlet. What a gift that what is. A Thank gift. You, what a that gift. Is, Thanks, Zuck. So great. I'm just going to send it. Zuck a letter. You know, and TikTok, I mean, TikTok, I, I have to do TikTok for business purposes. Yeah. But I, my Instagram reels is where, it's where it's at. See, thank you. Maybe it's because of our age. Because I I just, okay, and I've said this many times over the last probably year or year and a half where I'm just like, TikTok's just not my jam. And I, you know, it's kind of the whole, the whole, like, when you think about the body of Christ and this is the only time in the history of the world where TikTok and Instagram reels are going to be compared to the body of Christ. Um, And so (laughs) I just want to go on record that this is, I guarantee this is the only time this is marking it now, (laughs) whatever is coming, Molly owns it. This is, I own this. Okay. Copyright 2022, Molly Stillman. Okay. So I, you know, we, we like to say in the body of Christ, like if you're a hand, don't try to be an eye. Like if you're a foot, don't try to be an ear, right? Like just be the part of the body. If you're the armpit, that's okay. Be you, boo. Be you, boo. Don't try to be an elbow. So just be who you are. And so for me, it feels like I, it feels like if I were to try to do TikTok or get into TikTok or whatever the the kids are saying these days, do, do the talk and the ticks. If I do the talk, um, it feels like I'm a hand trying to be a, uh, a forehead. And I just, I don't know. I, so maybe there will be a day where I will eat my words and I will be like, I love the TikTok, but I just, I'm not there. And today, so it's not today. It is not. It doesn't have to day. be your journey. Molly. It is not my journey. Thank you so much for that you have validation. To not talk if you don't want to. You know what? I do not want to, tick, uh, to, to talk or tick. And so, um, <laughs> frankly, ticks, uh, I believe, uh, spread harmful diseases. Yes, and Lyme so, disease. Lyme disease. There, there, there studies have shown if you do TikTok too much, you get Lyme disease. So it's... <laughs> That's, it's it's perfectly reasonable. To it's perfectly reasonable. So in any event, all of that to say is that you're a great yes ander. And so I, yes, you know, I, I know. just feel I, I love that our journeys are very different in that. In, but yeah, so I, I was really curious as to how you kind of ended up in that in that realm. And so well, I have to ask just for my own like personal selfish, uh, qu- you know, curiosity is where did you take that improv class? Like, where do you do improv? Uh, I, oh, yeah, I took my class at a, a, a school called Jester's uh, in Mesa, awesome. Arizona. And, uh, and then, but Leanne and I now we do shows all over. All, all, well, yeah, we've done them. We've traveled the whole country. Leanne keeps having babies. Oh yeah. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> yeah like, those will cramp your style. Yeah, it, it really does cramp my style because I'm yeah. done and I'm ready to ru- I'm ready to run. 
yeah. I'm ready to get on a plane. Um, so we limit our together shows to the Valley, to Arizona. So, but we've done a ton. We do a ton of shows locally, with mostly with churches that hire us or we're doing an event for the March of Dimes. They're, they're having their national conference in Phoenix and we're going to do something with them next month. But, um, and then I, I travel and speak and I can bring my crew with me. So that's one other reason we expanded. And we have this group of seven other women who, you know, have varying schedules. And you know, one of them could come with me if we wanted to do an improv show on the road and Leanne wasn't able to come. Yeah. Uh, we can do that too. So yeah, that's so awesome. There's so many and I did an entire episode uh with uh our mutual friend uh Joy Agritreed uh back in January where we talked about our mutual love of improv. I think 45 minutes of that entire conversation where we just yes. talked about improv. <laughs> so I will spare the listeners. I, an, I know. I know. She's the best. She's the best. Yes. I literally I don't think I know a single person who's like, you know who sucks? <laughs> Joy egg retreat. Yeah, no, no one Not has ever a said single that. person has said that. No so um, she's just, <laughs> if you're listening, Joy, we just love you. And we do. We just love you. She's just the and best. She has a really funny sense of humor. Yes. You know, and I, it's one of those senses of humor that you know not everybody gets, but I get it. And I oh, I get it. it. I get it. She's yeah. So funny. Yeah, she really is. And so, uh, yeah, so I will spare the listeners like a whole nother 45 minute conversation about improv, but <laughs> it really is, uh, it's such a gift. And, and for people that, and I, and I evangelize this all the time and when talked about this in that conversation with Joy is I really believe everybody should take an improv class. And if you're yes. like, I shouldn't take an improv class, that means you probably need to take an improv class. And the reason why is because it creates a discipline within you or educates you in a discipline of active listening of yes, being able yes. to to support other people and it 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 gives you a skill set for just general conversation for how to interact with people in the wild <laughs> like how Preach to it. how to yes. in marriage like it's just there's so many things and my husband has never taken an improv class though I, I tell him all the time he's people that don't know him like think that he's very very serious He's just, you just have to get to know him. He's extremely funny. But my, I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, you're one of the best yes anders I know. And you've never taken an improv class. And so, yeah, th it's this, it really does give you all those skill sets. So I'm, I'm curious, like when you took that improv class for the first time after that year of reset, which I want to talk about as well, what was it about it that ignited something within you that you were like, oh, this. You know, it, it, you're what I, I want to just echo what you said. Yeah. I was like trying not to like interrupt. No, and be like, I'm sorry. Amen, and preach. It, Hallelujah. I know. Right. You know, because it's so true. Really, everybody needs to take improv classes. And it's been interesting watching people I've encouraged to take classes that didn't want to. They all come out of it and say, oh, I'm so glad I did that. And it is the act of listening. So I think what ignited it for me was honestly, it was something for me. It was something just for me that I got to do. And I got to go meet these, you know, collection of really random people that were there. We were all learning and it was really a vulnerable place to be because none of us had ever done this before. You want to be funny, but the, the point of improv is not to be funny. Yeah, exactly. It is, the, the, the funny happens, but you can't force it. So right. you just kind of have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and say yes and, and encourage people which is something I, I love to do anyway, but being taught to do that on stage and making your partner look the best. Yes. All those things was just really clicked with me and resonated and gave me an additional skill set in an area that I thought I, I knew everything you could know about communication and, and speaking and being on stage. And this was, and this was just a whole other tool set that it gave me. It's made me a better wife, mom, teacher, and obviously has, is, has started the second chapter of a career for me. So it's been, it, it's 
yeah, it's been mind blowing and awesome. And you're right. Everybody doesn't matter really what your job is, or if you want to be a quote unquote comedian or not improv is for everybody. Yeah. Okay. I want to tagline somewhere. No, I love it. Improv is for everybody. Yeah. And, uh, it's, there's another tagline that um, I really love and I've carried with me even after I have stopped, you know, performing improv on a regular basis. And that was um, Del Close, who's sort of like considered, you know, one of the fathers of improv. And, yes, and he yes. talked uh, his, you know, main uh, sort of mantra was this idea of following the fear, follow the fear. And mm-hmm. I still have from when I took classes at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, like I still have my shirt brag, just that a says just a little cash, there. cash, just, you know, name dropping. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle, so, sprinkle that in there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but but uh, I mean, that was really that was where I did the bulk of my improv training. And I have my shirt still to this day that has like Dell's painted face on the front and on the back, it says, follow the fear. And I love that. That's another one of those, uh, I think, sort of mantras from improv that is so you carry it into life. Because if you when you find yourself in these moments of these where you you have a choice to either step into what's comfortable, step into what's easy, or you have a choice to step into something that might be a little bit scary. And Mm -hmm. that can be so transformative for people. Because yeah, I mean, I think it is, of course, it's, it's easier to take the easy route. Duh. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. What's comfortable? What's comfortable? I mean, this is not a new thought at all. This is everywhere, but you know, we'd ever grow from a place of comfort to get uncomfortable to move forward or grow. And, you know, a lot of times people doing something like improv and and I think not even the comedy, it's the thinking on your feet. Yes. Not like truly needing to empty your head um, and come up with some kind of a retort or comment out of nothing. That's scary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what Dell's talking about too, but that is scary for people, but it's such an important skill to have. We all need that. I, exactly. Exactly. It's fact, it's funny though. Actually, I just caught like a glimpse just when I was looking at the screen right behind me. I have yes. uh, my book about oh, Dell Close. So called Guru. Look so if you're that. listening, if you're watching or listening and you're not uh, watching the video. Your screen has frozen on it. I need the picture. My screen on. has frozen on it for her, uh, but it is oh, the book called uh, Guru and it's actually um, uh, about Del Close, and um, but this this book I still I've, I've read it a few times, and just I love the you know just the the lessons that um, that improv teaches us. And so, but I want to back up a little bit because I'm fascinated about this year of reset, and yeah. I have actual like logistical questions. Like when you say like you did nothing for a year walk me through that because like in my head, I'm like, did you shower? Like, did you just like sit on the couch for a year? Did you see any human beings other than your, you know, uh, chose like your, your family that you're legally obligated to see? Like what? <sighs> I have yeah, logistical no, questions. I, just, and would I like stayed to know. in my bedroom and I, my children were feral and <laughs> somehow survived. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So first we're going to work backwards on this because this is just, okay. it's my show and I do what I want. And so, um, <laughs> So first walk me through the logistics and then we'll talk about like the deep stuff of why you did this. But I, the the curiosity in me is, is the logistics. Okay. So the logistics were, I obviously, I spoke with my, my primary focus. I wanted to be on my family, my new, my husband and my little kids at the time they were itty bitty. Yeah. So I said no to all this, 
extra volunteer work I was doing. And I, I just listened to your opposite episode with Heather Adams. It was amazing and kind of giving away a lot of my intellect and um, for free, which was great. I want to serve my community and my church, but it was so draining. So I had stopped all that stuff. I kept one or two PR clients, just other small mom-owned businesses that I, I wanted a little bit of income. So I did do that. And I, I, but I said no to, um, we, we pulled out of a small group that we were in. Um, we still went to church, still saw family, still said yes to a couple of selective invitations here and there. But I mean, it gave me permission to not go to all those kids' birthday parties. Yeah. <laughs> I just, we just said no. And we, we just stayed and we, and, and, and focused on each other. And I, you know, cooked new meals and, just played with my kids and, and just really got to know them. And, and it was uncomfortable for me because I am a high capacity person. And I'm really much better busy than bored. And so it was hard for me. And it was a lesson in disciplining myself to be still and have nothing, but for the most part, white space on my calendar and, and just really focus on, on, getting to know these kids and, and myself as a mom, that was a whole new thing yeah. that I hadn't really paused to embrace the changes in me and, and how that impacted my marriage and, and everything. So it was a lot of home projects, a lot of, um, you know, uh, Jake and the Neverland pirate episodes, a and lot of Lego building and <laughs> cooking and, and just, and, 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 P- and my friends were very curious about having co- um, some conversations with friends about how it was going and what I was learning, but that was really, honestly, that was it. It was a very simple time, which was very unusual for me. And a lot of people hear what I'm saying and they're like, that's my life. Like, why is that weird for you? And that that's great. And a lot of people operate there and that's perfect for them and your temperament. For me, it was difficult Yeah, and it was a spiritual and personal challenge to see really how I could do it. And I, and I came out of it and I was at a women's conference. No, actually it started. Sorry. I came out of it at another conference. I started at a women's conference in my church. And I was talking to this woman, Kelly Gotthart, who's a a speaker and author. And she was talking about a similar period in her time in her life where she had kind of had to take this year. And I, um, I I interviewed her after she spoke. I'm like, I need to talk to you because this is where I'm at. I need, I need to do what you did. You know, what did, when you look back on this, cause it was 10, 15 years in her past at that point, what, what did it do? What was the benefit? And she stopped and she said, you know what? It completely reset the rhythm for my life moving forward. And I grasped that. And I said, that's what I needed to reset my rhythm. Cause my rhythm was all over the place. I was, I was not keeping an even beat. It was too fast and it was scattered. And there was no, the music, the music was confusing and not mm-hmm. making sense. So by taking all the rhythm away, we were able to reset it and get back on an even beat and then move forward with that. But it, in order to get there, I had to completely strip away all the noise. So that's why I call it my reset the rhythm year. I'm not a musician, but <laughs> I loved that concept and it made sense to me. And it really did change the course of my entire family and my life. Well, I really appreciate you explaining the logistics of that to me because I am the person who will sit here and I will obsess over it in my brain and just be like, well, I have a lot of questions about, about the logistics. Um, we can get to the deeper spiritual stuff later, but I need to know the logistics. Um, yeah, I, I well, I, I, I'm fascinated by that because I, I love that. And I, I would say... I am not an Enneagrammy. And I would I appreciate you actually saying that earlier because it does give me another perspective on, oh yeah, Enneagram mates have a really hard time 
mm-hmm. with that. Um, here I am, Enneagram 2, yeah. and the Enneagram 2 in me tends to say yes too much because I want to help other people. And then I mm-hmm. get into a, well, uh, I've said yes to too much, you know, and yes. <laughs> I remember even going into, uh, you know, by the time this airs, it's, you know, it's August, but when we're recording this, it's the end of June. And, you know, going into summertime, I, I said, I think I said it to my husband, I said it to a friend, I was like, I just want this to be like a simple summer. Like, I'm not going to sign my kids up for a million different things. And here we are already almost a month into summer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we have like done nothing other than just go and do things. And I'm like, how did this happen? Uh, I'm trying, (laughs) you know, and it was funny. We, um, you know, because we, one of our kind of core family values is um, hospitality. And we love to host people for dinner. We love to just, you know, spend time with with our people or getting to know people from our church or our community or whatever it is and and make people feel loved and welcome. And it was funny because we've there's a family in our church that we've been really wanting to have over for dinner. Now, I mean, I get it because they have four kids and we have two. And so the schedules are just hard. But yeah. it was funny because we first reached out to them to have them over for dinner back in March. Couldn't find a date, couldn't find a date. And then it was like a couple, like maybe a month ago, I was like, all right, we're going to find a date. Like, let's look at the calendar. We are currently tentatively, as of the end of June, we are scheduled to have dinner with them in mid-August. And so it's like, we're laughing of just like, how is, how is it this difficult to right. find a Saturday night where the both families can get together? And, um, but that's really hard uh, for people is to, is to, create that space to say no. Uh, and yeah, and it, it's very, um, it's, you know, not to like say a, the words that I've word, I feel like everybody overuses, but it's countercultural. And it just it because we live in a a world where if you don't respond to an email immediately, or if you don't respond to a DM immediately, or if you don't respond to a, t- a text immediately, then you are shirking some sort of social responsibility that has been, you know, kind of this expectation has been placed on you. And yeah, yeah man, that is, ugh, yeah. it's really hard. Yes, it is. And it is, it's easier to say yes. And people please, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, feel like you're not being selfish. It feels selfish to say no. Mm-hmm. And yeah, be kind of nuclear like that. And, it, and it, you're right. It is a challenge, uh, but it's, um, it is important, but this, this is kind of the season of life too. You know, like the whole scheduling thing, some of our best friends, they live on the other side of town. And for whatever reason, that's this huge barrier. It takes us forever to try and get together. And it's so frustrating, but part of it's a season of life too. And just kind of embracing that and realizing, okay, well, we're entering, my kids are nine and 11. So we're entering the, the season of, you know, things happening and competitions that we have to go to and, you know, all that. So it is, it is challenging, but it's good too to figure out your priorities on who you like this family that you, you know, prioritize. I want to see them and, um, picking those people, but the, also the recent, the rhythm thing, part of this is Enneagram eight too. <laughs> um, it really kind of, you kind of sift out who you really want to see and yeah. who, who is more tempting to make an exception for than someone else. And when you come out of it, who you really want to prioritize your time with. And, and that really helped to focus on, okay, so I know how precious my time is. Now I've learned this whole concept of margin and white space. I want to protect it. I don't want to lose all of it again. So I'm going to be real picky with who fills that space. Yeah. And it just freed me up to, make more selective decisions about who we were going to spend time with. And that was been 
been really beneficial as well. Yeah. I want to follow that thread for a second because I this is an area that I know, especially for people listening who are in their, you know, maybe you're in your 30s, 40s, even early 50s, like community and finding community and spending time with the right people in community is can be really difficult and a challenge for people. I mean, this, I had just, uh, gosh, it was like somebody had an interview just this week where we talked kind of about this, this idea of like, it's really hard to make friends. And Mm -hmm. for moms, like there's like a plague of loneliness that we're Mm -hmm. experiencing. And yes, we want to create white space and, but it's not that we want to do it in a way where we have isolated ourselves. And so like, I love how you said it was just like, it created this area or this freedom for you to figure out like, who are the relationships that I actually really want to invest in? And, you know, coming, you know, again, not to like borrow a phrase we've heard a million times, but like, quote unquote, coming out of this pandemic. Well, you know, like, yes, we're coming out of this pandemic that COVID's never going away. I'm sorry. It was just gonna Wait, we're, we're stuck with it forever. It's fine. <laughs> what are we going to still call it? The what are we going to call it? Whatever it is. Okay. <laughs> but coming out of the season that we have been in, where we've, you know, we were forced in isolation, yada, yada, yada. But it's, it has been awakening uh, for a lot of people or awakening in a lot of people. Oh, actually being alone is not what I love. Um, it's, you know, I mean, yes, it, like I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like all the introverts were like, <laughs> you mean yeah. I have to cancel plans and stay home? Like, woo! Because yeah, exactly. I, people, although people don't believe me, I am actually way more introverted than I am extroverted, um, which people do not believe that. But I can tell you a million times, like I am yeah. for sure much more introverted just because I have a big personality and can make and like right. and can talk to people doesn't mean I'm an extrovert. Um, yeah, that's true. I'm the I'm the what they what they call, I guess, the extroverted introvert. But right. uh, so at the beginning of the, pa- the pandemic, I was like, oh, yeah, I can just <laughs> not leave. This is great. But yeah, then very exactly. quickly, I was like, okay, this is kind of miserable. And I really miss my people. Um, yeah. And so I, I set all of that up to say that one of the things that we have sort of discovered with our family in the last year has, again, been that intentionality in uh, seeking out people that we want to develop relationship with, inviting them over for dinner, but kind of with our small group at church. Um, we, uh, this is like the most quintessential, just like we, you know, we wanted to start this small group like back in December, but we're all, you know, parents with young children. And mm-hmm. so, uh, here we are in the summer and we still don't have like an official name, an official meeting time, but what it has actually turned into was we knew that we wanted to start a small group together. And so it just turned into us hanging out together whenever we could. And it has now developed some really incredible, deep friendships that I didn't a year ago expect. And it's now turned into uh, the husbands texting each other and being like, hey, I think we're going to go all see Top Gun. And then the wives texting each other and be like, hey, my kids are being crazy or your kids being crazy. Let's just get together and have our kids be crazy. And it's not this formal thing. It's just like, let's it's just living life together. Right. Right. And that's the point I think of a small group. Yes. It, it's just, and so I, my encouragement is, is like to somebody who's feeling that sense of loneliness, of feeling that lack um, of community and, and wanting quote unquote white space, but also wanting community is just like, it, it can be as simple as like start a bonfire in your backyard and yeah. like invite people over and make s'mores. Like it doesn't right. have build to, it. They will come. Right. Just, it doesn't have to be this 
Like, let's all get right. together at 7 p.m. We're going to, um, everybody's right. going to sign up for a side, a side dish. Yeah, a and, side dish. Yes. Yeah. Like where it's, it doesn't need to be that, that complicated. It's like, just come sit, bring something to drink, bring your leftovers. Like, right, right, right. No, that, and that's my, we, our small group has, we started off doing, you know, the studying the sermon, talking about the sermons from Sunday or doing this new Bible. And it has devolved now after we've been in the same group for a long time. To know, we just get together every other week and we have dinner together and our kids yes. go crazy and we catch up on life. And and that is where we are at in our season of life. Maybe when our kids are older, we'll actually be able to study the word. But right now it's just kind of survival and that and that we get together when we can. And we try to keep this loose schedule just for you know accountability and routine, but it, it is it you gotta embrace where you're at. And I am an extrovert. You're comfortable being extroverted when you need to be, but not everyone is that way. And this is, again, the importance of community and the right people. I have my entire life, I will narrow in on someone and say, you're going to be my friend. Like it's a Jedi mind trick. I think to myself, like, you don't know this one. You're going to be my friend. Okay, well, I'm doing that for you right now. And then I, and then I just focus on them and I pursue them like a stalker. And so I just invite and, you know, I don't obviously show up uh, at a gas station, like where they are there. Like, Oh, I didn't know you following me here. (laughs) I don't do that. But I, you know, I will continually invite, I'll say yes to their invitations. I will invite them. And even if it's a no, like I I just pursue, pursue. And that's how I've actually cultivated some of my best friends. And we, we, we joke about that now, but like you, you really chased me down. I was, but you know, you, you know, like you have like a kind of sense in your, in your being, when you see somebody same life stage as you, or you think your husbands are going to get be friends, which is a big deal. And your kids are similar ages and just pursuing and being okay. If people say, you know, now's not the time or, you know, just continually turning down invitations, but discontinue to pursue and build. Oh, here we go. Here's the, the catchphrase that ooh, I hate. Build ooh. your tribe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, but to get your community and 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 it's so important. I remember I was when I moved to Maine, Portland, Maine, I was single. And I and I don't know if anyone if you ever lived in New England or know someone from New England, but that the culture there is very, talk about introverted. I think everyone there is introverted Yeah, and there's not a huge church presence. Um, it took me six months to find a good church there. I visited every church in the greater Portland, Maine area yeah. and finally found the rock church. If you're in the main area, rock, the rock church is amazing. But anyway, as I'm visiting all these churches, I would, I would look for the single women. I would look for women that were my age and I would look immediately at their left hand. If there was not a ring, I'm just yeah. like, you're my friend. But you're my friend. We're friends. And then I finally got all their numbers, just like I was dating them. I got all their numbers and I texted all of them. I said, we're all single. We all go to church. Might be different churches. My apartment, 7 p.m. This date, come if you can. Yeah. And just, and, and then, and then they did. And we had this well, for the next two years I was there, we had this really great, sweet time getting to know each other. There was no singles ministries at churches that just didn't yeah, exist there at yeah. the time. And so that just doing that kind of thing, no matter what your life stage is and make, letting yourself be uncomfortable. It's a lot like improv, just putting yourself out there, waiting to say yes. Maybe someone's pursuing you yeah. say yes to that. And, and, and finding that community and building it is, is important, but then also knowing, you know, the ones that you don't want to be with. That's yeah. Yes. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast episode. My mom likes to call them EGRs, Ooh. which is extra grace required. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one of the things you said reminded me of a uh, John Mulaney bit where he talked about he talks about how he's like uh, when you're a kid and your parents like you watch your parents with their friends and he's like, yeah. your dad doesn't have friends. Your mom has friends yes. and those friends have husbands. Like, <laughs> it's so true. Why are they that way? Why are they that way, Molly? It's Why? so true. That and it's so funny because I remember my husband and I were sitting. He was like, oh, yeah, that is true. Like, I mean, he actually he does have friends, but I would say all of his like his quote, like his friends are from like high school and college. Yep. His adult friends are all of my friends' husbands. Friends, husbands. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So when Same. I meet somebody who I'm like, I like you and your husband definitely yes. seems like my husband's kind of person. Yes. And so we're going to hang out. Every wife has this conversation. Yes. If you're listening in your mirror, you've had this conversation. 100%. It's, you know, I, we like each other and I think our husbands like each other. Best friends for life. Done. We're done. Friends. Oh <laughs> my gosh. It's so funny. And then, oh gosh, but then, oh, and then this is like a whole nother podcast episode. Then when one of the couples gets divorced and then it's like uh, a whole like ugh. okay we're gonna, it's a whole it's a whole yeah. thing and then um and then you have to like pick a side it's just yeah. oh it's awful it's the worst yes it's the worst in any so. event um yes that but that's exactly what it reminded me of is that john lee your yes. mom yes. doesn't it's your dad so doesn't have friends your mom had you friends know, the, her. the best comedy is when you hit your leg and you're like it's so true it's so i true. went to a jerry seinfeld um live he did a um he came back, he, he got a start at Tempe Improv and here in Arizona, and he came back for their anniversary and did Amazing. It. He doesn't do a lot of stand-up anymore. He did the stand-up show and I got to go. And I love his comedy because he's so clean. Oh, you know, every, Seinfeld's there's no the best. first word. And it's not, there's not innuendo. Yeah. It's all clean. And, and his jokes are all just about his life. And he, he said the best comedy is when you, when you lay, lay your head back and you're like, it's so true. Or I know, I know. And that's the same thing about the, the John Mulaney thing, but is that's the best comedy is looking at life and figuring out, okay, this is, this is, everyone can relate to this. Just like every wife that heard that last part of our conversation is, like, is slapping their leg and saying, yeah. it's so true right now. It's so true. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it okay. And now I have to just quickly share one of my favorite Seinfeld bits. Is, okay. And this is so random, <laughs> we but it was we pushed the button. We pushed the button. We pushed the button. Here it comes. Okay. Then we're gonna move on. Everybody's gonna be like, stop sharing your favorite bits. But I don't care. Again, this is my show. I do what I want. Uh, you told me you were gonna laugh at this episode. So. I know. So see, this yeah. is what we do. It's uh, you were warned. We were we were warned. You were warned. <laughs> we were all warned. Um so is <laughs> and and the reason I share this one is because my husband and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, because we were talking about I had somehow mixed up uh part of Italy and Switzerland and just in a conversation I was like and then I was like oh that's right that's Italy that's not Switzerland and he was like yeah but like Switzerland doesn't really have its own like culture it's kind of like the German part of Switzerland and the Italian part of Switzerland it's you know anyway and uh then it made me think of this Seinfeld bit where he's talking about like uh the Swiss army and how like he's like have you seen the Swiss army with their weapons and he's like this guy <laughs> this guy's coming at me with a nail clipper <laughs> And he's like, and then he's like, oh, like this guy's coming at me with a nail clipper, and if you get past me, the guy behind me's got a corkscrew. Like, <laughs> well, 
Don't participate in wars because right. that's all they're right. farting with. They're but farting they with. The they're Swiss fighting with. It's, it's, that, I've never thought about how that is very strange. They have that like, Swiss Army knives and their watches, and that's what they're yes. doing. Is yeah, <laughs> anyway, do. if you're Swiss and listening to this, we just gonna say we say all of this in love. We love you. We love. We love you. We all need Switzerlands in our lives. Yes, um, me too. <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Michelle to thank our other partner of the show, and that is Tradlands. Tradlands is an incredible, sustainable fashion brand that believes in clothing you can live in now and love forever. Clothing that not only makes you feel like your best self, but also fits in a way that flatters. Their gorgeous dresses, pants, tops, and more are designed to move with you throughout your busy days. Their Nico dress is my dress in a love language. Not only does it have sleeves, but it also has pockets. And you know how I feel about dresses with pockets. I love how comfortable and stylish each piece is. I love that they come in colors like classic neutrals or vibrant hues. But one of the things that I love most about Tradlands is their focus on sustainability and creating small batch clothing that lasts. They never overproduce what they make and focus only on the highest quality materials. Also, you know how much I love supporting small businesses. Check them out at tradlands.com forward slash business with purpose. That's T-R-A-D-L-A-N-D-S dot com forward slash business with purpose and use the code Molly 20 for 20% off. Now back to my conversation with Michelle. Okay, so let's talk about top knot comedy because uh, I, just like you said, it's so hard to find, uh, you know, especially so I, you know, I did comedy in in my BC life, in my before Christ life. I did not know the Lord at the time. It's a lot easier. And it is a lot easier when you don't. Jesus, Jesus complicates it a little Jesus bit. Jesus complicates it a little bit because you can, there are some things that will pop in your head and you go, well, can't say that. Can't say that. Yeah. And um, so I, you know, I really struggled for a little while. Now I did uh, some comedy sports, which is uh, clean. It was started, um, I, I believe the founder was a Christian and or just wanted to create family friendly, clean comedy. Um, so and I'd done some some clean comedy, but you know, it's just it's it's harder to find. And so I mean, I can count on one hand, really the number of like good clean comedians, I think of like, yeah. a Dustin Nickerson, a, mm. uh, a Trey Kennedy, um, yeah, um, uh, Nate Bargatze, I mean, just mm. oh, hilarious, top not comedy, top not <laughs> comedy, you know, you know, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 just it's much harder to find yes. the good clean comedians. And the ones that do it right and they're not mm-hmm. ch- cheesy. Right. And so I love the content that you produce because it's, again, I mean, especially as a, a mom and a Christian, I mean, I just feel like you hit a pulse point that's there that that is just uh amazing so talk oh, about it and, and how love yeah because I love it I love it so talk about kind of how you know you I know you you alluded a little bit how it got started but when you really realized like this is a like I said this is a pulse point that that uh, that we're hitting mm-hmm. here and it's that yeah. that leaning back and going it's so true yeah so like I, like I already told the story in the beginning it kind of happened almost by accident yeah and then we went viral back to back. We had two music parodies that went viral back to back. And, and then we realized, okay, this is something we want to, we want to continue to do something. Cause honestly, and, and Leanne and I talk about this a lot. It's what we do is bring joy to people. We give people a respite for even a minute or two. And that gives us a lot of fulfillment. 
and knowing that we that's, that drives a lot of what we do. So I, I, I do this thing now um, on Instagram. We, we do a lot of Enneagram comedy that was born from the pandemic um, when we were both stuck in our respective homes and we could, we, we could do kind of comedy filming ourselves and we divided up the, the numbers and she took some of the numbers and I took some of the numbers. We started doing this funny content yeah. and that just took off. And that's been a whole kind of at one arm of our business. Yeah. But I do this thing on Friday. It's called Friday Funnies by Enneagram Type. And I just kind of scour all week long for the funniest memes that I see. And I categorize them by which Enneagram number I think will find them funniest. And I tell you, Thursday nights, and I'm pulling those things together, I am giggling knowing that people are waiting on Friday mornings to wake up and see that. I love and, it. And, and it just brings me so much joy just knowing people are going to have a laugh for it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really fun. But that's, I mean, that's really the whole, the, the thing that's been fun about Top Knot is, is, is kind of finding our following, finding our niche. And, and then once you kind of dive in and get to know them and you know, what's going to make them laugh. And then as you are preparing it, you're just kind of like, oh, so fun. Yes. 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 <laughs> and then I love when brands come to us, companies come to us and they recognize the value in humor. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, because we see a lot of like Super Bowl commercials that are funny and, and obviously people, people understand that, but a lot of smaller or medium-sized businesses want to be taken seriously and they, they don't want to necessarily make fun of themselves or something. But when a company recognizes it's important to laugh. And when we're, when I tell clients, when we're talking about your product or your service and we're smiling because we're laughing, that's a good thing. Yes. And so when businesses want to hire us to do a video or, you know, social media, whatever, and we can do something with their name or product or service and make people smile as we're talking about it. It's a win-win and that makes it super fun as well. So, so that's, so top knot comedy, it kind of grew. So we started off as just Leanna Michelle. In fact, we were known as Leanna Michelle until this year, we rebranded in January, 2022 to top knot comedy because we had grown and we'd added these other women. We have more diverse looks. We have homeschool moms and kids with, you know, well, we have a couple divorced moms. We've got, you know, we've got a whole variety just beyond what, Leanne and I have to offer. And so that was really important to us to offer the variety um, of perspectives. And so now that we have that, we wanted to call it something that wasn't just Leanne and Michelle because that didn't make sense anymore. So we were top not comedy now. And then we do the, like I said, the brand content for videos. We do a lot of just stuff for our own platform, YouTube. Um, YouTube is p- primarily the Enneagram content is there. There's a pretty solid following there that loves that. And then um, the live shows. And so that's been what we do. And it's been an awesome ride. I could not agree more about the, well, I love what you said about, you know, people, you know, and you made the allusion to like Super Bowl commercials and, <laughs> and just like when brands understand that like we want to laugh. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think back over the last, let's just say, okay, I'm going to be 37. Uh, when this airs, I'll be 37 this month. And Ooh, um, thank you. August is my birthday month. And so, um, but you know, I think about just uh, over the last, you know, 37 years, like iconic Super Bowl ads or like yeah. iconic commercials that really stick out in my head of like, I remember the brand. I remember the commercial. I remember how I laughed. And yes, like there are a few kind of serious ones that that really struck an emotional chord where I remember it. But I would say over and above the ones I really remember, the ones that really made me laugh or like the the ones that kind of over time uh, have have carried through. And it's like when a brand really understands that, 
how much more successful they are actually in their marketing and how, um, like I think of the, uh, the, like the Budweiser real men of genius. Oh my gosh. That's making a comeback. It is. Uh, Yeah. I've seen it on Instagram reels, but I'm like, yes, I loved those commercials. Genius. Oh my gosh. Yes. And everybody is like, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Do uh-huh. I drink Budweiser? No, it no. is disgusting. It is really gross. But so but gross. Yeah. I have I'm like endeared to that brand just because right. of the hilariousness of the commercials. Right. Another one that currently stands out to me is the Progressive commercials. I love the You're becoming your parents. Oh my god, those are the best commercials I've ever seen in my whole life. They're, right now. The They're amazing. Best. They are the best. amazing. And again, it is striking that chord of you're advertising for a product. You're advertising for a brand. But you are doing it in a way where you're laughing and going, oh my gosh, it's so true. Yes. Like, and you know what? Every time that progressive ad comes on, no matter what I'm doing, I stop and watch it. It's the best. And I don't care. I've seen it before. I want to see it again. Whoever so is in charge of that campaign, I just yes. want to like kiss them on the mouth. It's I just <laughs> brilliant. It's so brilliant. It's so and brilliant. Yes. yes. And so I, I yes, it's 100%. It's like, working with somebody like you who has that mindset. And I love too, that you have, you know, it's cool. This the way that God gave you these skills of, you know, mass communication and and journalism and all that kind of stuff that like, those are the skills that also you can incorporate to your uh, comedic prowess. Um, Yes. Yeah. And and, and kind of understand the bigger picture, the whole strategic communication. So what what, I want to give you an example of one of our clients, please Britax car seats. Yeah. Famous car seat company, the best car seats ever, ever. Um, What's funny about child safety? There's there's really nothing funny no. about wanting to keep your kids safe, right? So I was talking, we were talking, they had, they came to a, co- they sponsored a conference that Leah and I emceed and the gal thought we were so funny and really wanted to work with us. But she's like, I just don't get how we can be funny because we are so, there's safety regulations and it's a very serious business and all this stuff. And so we came up with this campaign. It's one of my favorite ones we've done today where we were, um, we, we, we were moms, but we had capes, especially made red superhero capes. And we were called the overprotectors. And so, and we had like the name, we were like, with our capes, we are the overprotectors. And so we were the moms who like at the slide at the park, you like, when your kids went down the slide, you like run in with an air mattress at the bottom and like soft landing. Like I was sending my daughter at a birthday party. There was a bounce house and she's pointing at the bounce house. Mommy, can I go? And I'm like, oh, bounce houses. So I rolled her in bubble wrap right. And set her off. And she was like, like, you know, her arms couldn't move. And she halfway there, she fell over in the background and you know, all these funny things that all these moms are like, I've thought about that. I, you know, I want yeah. to, and then at the end it turned serious. It's like, well, yeah, if we want to overprotect our kids, we put them in the best car seats available. Yeah. And, you know, and then, so there's a kind of this emotional moment then where we have our babies and, you know, these car seats with this overprotective cape. And it, it was the best campaign they had to date. So it was, that was so fun. So finding I mean, really trusting someone who knows comedy and knows the audience, right? Because probably wouldn't have been able to come up with that if you weren't moms. Yeah. Is really important. And also we love, and I think comedians love this too. We love to find humor where you don't expect to find humor. Mm-hmm. So car seats are not funny, but we can get, we can get people smiling and saying, I know, I know. And then, then hit them with that hook, that left hook of, we're talking about car seats and you yes. want to overprotect your kids. Yes. And then the other thing that we do that I love, we have these characters. They're kind of like the church ladies from SNL. Oh, love. Um, Tabitha, yeah, Tabitha and Trinity. Um, they have a podcast called That's the Tea. 
and um, they're they have a spirit. They talk in a southern voice, and I'm real sorry. Uh, I know you're in the south, and it's so right. you might find me. Um, it's all right. It's funny you. I'm not. Um, I'm really just being Trinity right now. And and they have a spiritual gift. Um, they're in women's ministry, and their spiritual gift is that they're able to. It's, it's a perception thing, but they're able to spot the sin in your life and really bring it to your attention. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so what we do in live shows is we'll gather purses from people when we're in these characters and we will blindly reach into their purses, pull out, whatever we pull out is a sin. And that's the, that's the fun improv challenge is we can pull out lipstick or we can pull out, you know, car keys, whatever it is, we're going to make it a sin. And it's so fun to watch the audience because we'll pull it out and they'll be looking like, well, how are you know, has, how is hand sanitizer going to be a sin? And then we pull it out. We'll look at, oh, look at that right there. The number one ingredient in hand sanitizer. Alcohol. How <laughs> dare you, you be packing a flask in your purse here at a church? <laughs> and it's, and it, it, it's just so fun to find humor in places you don't expect it. And, and that's the great thing about comedy and just kind of being willing to embrace it, finding making things funny and that's, that's such a fun thing for the audience the best one we ever did we were at a show in Colorado Springs Colorado we will never forget this this goes down in like the legendary book of Leanna Michelle or Top Not Comedy we reached into a purse and I kid you not I pulled out an enti- a full bag of freshly pumped breast milk oh my gosh and I'm like hey this lady voluntarily gave me her purse with this precious liquid gold in it I know <laughs> And I just hold it there and I'm like, Leanne and I are like, this is a gift from the Lord Almighty above. Oh my God. Comedy gold right here. It was so great. Oh. And of course it was a sin because you left her baby at home. Yeah. Yeah. It just means that she's a, she's a, abandoned her. How dare you trust another human to watch your child? I know. How dare you? God trusted that child to you, woman. I Don't know. get it. Oh my God. You can't be a Proverbs 31 woman if you're leaving her kid, get at home yeah. because how your children your gonna rise up and call you blessed. If you, <laughs> how, how are they going to rise up and call you blessed if they don't know you? And you do not appear to be out there in the fields gathering your wheat and your flocks. Okay. No, no, no you do. No, no, you Even are not. How dare you come to a comedy night with other women and enjoy yourself? I uh, know. How oh, do no, you? No, this is not your season, friend. Mm-hmm. Go home. Mm-hmm. This is not, it's not you're your journey. Your child from your bosom. Oh my God. A bottle. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I love this so much. Okay. So, uh, we have already been like talking for almost an hour and I just no, adore you. Yes. Way. Oh my gosh. That's a lie. You are, uh, a, an absolute gem of a human being. Um, and there's you're amazing. Oh my gosh. I you're need, fun. Why do you have to live in North Carolina? Can I, know, I know. Can, can we look each other in the eye and just say that you're going to be my friend? Um, Jedi mind trick. Jedi mind trick. You're going to be my friend. Um, Well, you know, and okay. And here's my Arizona question is what's it like to not have daylight savings time? Can I just ask what that is? It's, it's, it's a problem. Uh, It's great because you never have the issues with your kids and losing sleep, but time zone math is very challenging. Very challenging. And it is, it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. And I constantly constantly have to google what time is it in pacific standard what time is it in eastern because i never know what yeah. time it is where you are yeah are you like arizona standard time like what are. are they is that that's just your ast we're ast and, and i hear rumblings of finally getting rid of daylight savings and i don't know where we'll end well either it, so we're we're arizona standard but we're either pacific like right now we're pacific or we're mountain oh so okay. and it's cut but we're arizona we're special. Yeah, you're special. Little you're special. Yeah, that's yeah, that's special. 
Oddly, I said, yeah. But when, once they choose, I don't really care which one. Just pick a side. And oh, we'll I care. I care. I want, I, I know that there are senators and House of Representatives folk uh, listening yeah. to this podcast. And so I would just like to go on record and say that yes. Molly Stillman, resident of Durham, North Carolina, supports the elimination. Yes. Of daylight savings time. Yes. And I, Michelle Fortin from yes. Arizona, also support this. Yes. Yes. Um, because we've been living it and it's fantastic. It's and fantastic. We need all to join our party. I just have heard that, you know, other than, you know, living in a really hot climate, but it's a dry heat. Um, so it is. <laughs> it's true. a dry That's heat uh, is that um, is, yeah, is, is the elimination of daylight savings time. Anyway. All that to say is here I am in North Carolina where you used to live and I did yes. not live at the time, but, and then you're in Arizona, but we're, we're friends now. And so when you're on the right. East coast and we, we're just speaking into existence, you're going to come to North Carolina yes. soon and we're going to hang okay. out. You're going to come to the we're farm. Gonna we're going to do an improv show. We'll do just a comedy show together. Oh my I'll gosh. Leave here. Can we, you and I will do it together. It's going to be amazing. Please do it because I oh would love it so much. And I actually just got real life goosebumps. Oh my gosh. We're doing it. We're doing, we're going to do a comedy show together. Um, because yeah, I, oh, we could do, yeah. Anyway, we could talk about all my, <laughs> all my comedy, uh, my favorite shows I ever did. And it was just a lot of fun. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I would love to hear all your stories. So, so, so fun. Um, and, uh, if I am ever in Arizona, which I've only ever been to Arizona one time, but it was a few years ago and we went to, to Phoenix. Was it Phoenix? Yeah, it was Phoenix. And yeah. it was great. And, uh, yeah. we really enjoyed and it. in January. Yeah. That's, that's when you want to come. Yeah. That's the actually when sports. it was, it was January. Oh, so oh, it was yeah. lovely. It was, <laughs> it was beautiful weather. Yeah. It's amazing. in the winter it's, yeah, yeah, it was like early January when we were there. Yes. So we were there for right now. It's terrible. It is not it's it's terrible. Not. It is the surface of the sun. Yeah, but and so in January, it's worth it. Here is North Carolina at this time of year. Is just you walk outside and you're immediately wet. It's just yes. you're sweaty. Yes. Just everything yes. is sweaty. <laughs> so yeah, we don't have that. I mean, you sweat, but it's we don't have the humidity. It's a which yeah, is, the, which is nice. Your hair. But it's not. Your hair probably appreciates it more than mine. My does. daughter has really, really, really curly hair, red curly hair. She's been I have a redhead too. Lord Look at us same. You have a redhead? Yeah, the sun, but yes. Oh my gosh. I Isn't know. it like a special gift? Like, it really is. It's a beacon of everyone, everyone. Her first words were thank you because of all the compliments she got on her head. <laughs> But so when we go to a humid climate, it's fun to see her curls really come to life. Yeah. And so you have dark hair. So I'm going to guess that every time you are out in public with your redhead, people Mm -hmm. say, where's the red hair from? Every time. Every time. And I go genetics. Like, I don't, uh, what do you... I, if you get one of two responses for me, it's either something short like that, like her parents yeah, or, um, or I, I launch into my, you pushed a button and I launched into my... Like I'm an Enneagram five. I'm going to give you all the history of genetics and yeah. what, red, what where red hair comes from. And this book that I read about it, because I was like, how did I get a redhead? And yeah. It's a Wait, hour okay. Thing. So you tell me about asking after that. Tell me about this, uh, this book. What's the book called? History of red history of red. All right. I'm it's, reading it's it. It's written by this woman who's a redhead born into a non-redhead family. Yeah. And she researched the genetics, traced it back to Alexander the great and how he conquered the world and like these tribes of redheads. And, you know, that's how redhead, why well, we see redhead in the East and Africa. It is fascinating and it can skip up to eight generations. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It, it was so interesting. Yes. And, you know, it's a mutant gene. Yes. Mutant. Yes. 
your my kids are my kid is a mutant um which that he loves teenage mutant ninja turtles so maybe <laughs> there's something there um yeah because my husband also has really dark hair and so it just constantly is the question yeah. we get it's yeah. like where's the red hair from and i'm just like yeah. oh, if i have to answer this question one more time um <laughs> anyway anyway okay so uh michelle before we get to the get to know you round uh tell us like what's on the horizon like what are you doing you're not in a year of reset so what no. are you saying yes to what are you doing what, what are you promoting right now what wh- where can we find you tell us the things now is the shameless plug time shameless plug time okay so top knot comedy t-o-p k-n-o-t comedy youtube instagram facebook the talk, the talk. although we're not like yeah. a lot on there all the time i get it it's fine and we're i mean i just appreciate all the you know comments and follows of course and we're going to be like i said we just signed with pure flix to be a pure flix ambassador That's so we'll awesome. talk a little bit about that their content's really good actually it is really good <laughs> yeah and then you know and and live shows i do um public speaking through uh punchline agency as i know you do too yeah and um i speak on a variety of communications topics and obviously the comedy and yeah that's pretty much where you can find us living on the internet and occasionally on a stage near you love it love it love it love it um okay michelle this is the portion of the show where we ask just some fun get to know you questions a little nervous no pressure okay okay so um question numero uno is of all of your pet peeves which one is the strangest i have many pet peeves I am an Enneagram eight. So yeah. a lot of things annoy me. That's why <laughs> I in particularly asked this question. Cause I know that the, the eights have the pet peeves. Yeah, I know. Okay. Oh, the strangest pet. Pe- okay. Okay. This is okay. I got it. I got it. Are you ready? I'm ready. People clipping their fingernails. Oh, so you would not like the Swiss army. <laughs> <laughs> the nail clipper, like the sound of the clipping. Yeah. I've threatened divorce over it before. Yeah. I, I just, I can't, you cannot clip a nail in my presence. Mm-mm. It is the worst sound and I hate it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my strangest pet peeve. I hate it. No, it's all right. I like it. Okay. I am asking you, this is a unique question to you is if you okay. could do a comedy show with any <gasps> comedian living or dead, who <gasps> would you do a comedy show with? Um, this is the easiest question ever. Molly still <laughs> Stop. You actually mean Molly Shannon, don't you? <laughs> oh, she's pretty great, though. She is pretty great. She is pretty great. I love her. Oh, I like my arms, my hands, my arms. Fundamental moments there. I know, I know, I know, I know. I love it. Um, well, <laughs> we, we will absolutely, we're speaking into existence that we're going to do a yes. comedy show together. Um, I love it so much. Okay. What is something that I would never guess about you? <sighs> I am such an open book. Oh my goodness. I share all the things. Something you never guess about me. Oh my gosh. This is okay. All right. Hold on. (laughs) I would never guess that the Enneagram 8 is freaking out over this question. (laughs) Well, because I'm so, I I feel like there's nothing about me. Okay. So one thing that you might be surprised to know, and I really don't share this publicly, is I lately have gotten really into embroidery. It is embarrassing to even say that. No, I feel like I just ate my my husband looks over at me. He's like, you just aged 20 years overnight because I'm over there doing my little embroidery. It's like my little like like adult coloring book almost like I love it. 
time. Yeah. I love it. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan yeah, of the that. embroidery. Um, and it's funny cause I just interviewed and gosh, my brain is not at fun, like the synapses are not firing at top speed today. Um, but I interviewed somebody and everybody's going to like listen and be like, Molly, it was this person. Um, but I'd interviewed somebody who was telling me when I asked this question, that her thing is cross stitch. So you're not alone. It's basically okay. like embroidery. So my I mean, old lady. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm interviewing a lot of old ladies, uh, hidden old ladies. <laughs> I think your genre might be a turn. Yeah. My, my genre is changing. My, my, your niche. My target, my target audience is changing <laughs> yes. a bit. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> if someone were to play you in the eventual movie, that's going to be made about your life, who do you yes. want it to be? Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yes. hundred <laughs> percent. I would not have actually guessed that myself, but as soon as you said it, I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just learned by the way that she's dating that property brother. Oh, they've been dating for a while. Apparently, <laughs> but I was today years old or like this week years old when I learned yeah. that. And I yeah, so you feel really stupid. Another podcast episode, Guilty Pleasure. Yeah. My guilty pleasure is celebrity news. Gossip. Celebrity <laughs> gossip. I am addicted to TMZ. Google Magazine, all the celebrity. I know, I know everyone who's dating everyone. So yeah. Zoe Deschanel and Jonathan from yeah, Property Brothers. Property Brothers. Yeah, like, I, they're kind of creepy. I'm, I'm not. I don't see. It's that. an interesting pairing. Like at first, yeah. well, and also like I don't know. I have questions about. <laughs> The property brothers. I just, I don't know. Just, mm, I, have yeah. some, I have some questions. So, <laughs> I sound like Beaker from the, uh, from the Muppets, Muppets. but. <laughs> So. That's when I devolve into like, I really don't know. I can't. There's things that's between comedy. Yeah. Okay, there's things I want to say, but I can't say it. I devolve into Beaker. Um, okay. <laughs> Two more questions. My next it. question is What is a dream that you have yet to achieve? Dream that I have yet to achieve. Um, okay. So, I one of my dreams is I would really like to do a comedy special for a streaming service. So a 45 minute to 60 minute comedy special with Leanne, ideally, you know, improv and Molly obviously, (laughs) and, uh, and and do an improv comedy thing, um, for some kind of streaming service. And that, and that is, that is actually something I, I genuinely think will happen at some point. And so I'm just kind of hoping, but it hasn't happened yet. And it's a dream. I love it. Um, I mean, you just got a partnership with Pureflix. They're streaming. Service, I know. So. I, you know. No. Yeah. I am. I am. I've planted that seed a couple of times. Maybe um, getting obnoxious about it. You know. That's all right. I'm just gonna wink it. We're gonna wink it out. It's just you know. Just hey, Pureflix people who obviously listen to the show as well. I'm just yes. saying you should do it. Okay. My last oh, my question. Yeah, we'll make it happen. I live in <laughs> okay. My last question is, uh, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? I love this question. And I know you always end um, on this one yeah. and I love it. because, And I struggled because I did try to think of an answer ahead of time, like a terrible improver. No, it's okay. But I, improviser, improver. Like, Im- improviser. It's fine. Improviser. Uh, I, I, part of me doesn't understand the question because I don't know why you wouldn't run a business with purpose, mm. you know, because in, but part of that is, is me being strategic communications in my blood. But I, if you don't have a purpose, what is your why? You, you wake up in the morning and you don't have a why. I mean, the purpose for, for me is simple. It's to bring joy to that. I picture the mom in the pantry eating Twizzlers so her kids don't find her. 
and giving her, as she's watching her Instagram reels or her YouTube, giving her a few moments of respite and joy. And I just feel that that's, that's such a gift to give her Mm -hmm. and, and having that purpose in the background is, you know, and that goes beyond, you know, providing for my family or career fulfillment for myself, having that purpose, um, is driving. And I, I really can't get my head around if someone doesn't have like a purpose like that, that they think about as they're yeah. going about their work. Well, I would be curious to interview someone and say, well, how do you do that? Cause it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me, but having that purpose, knowing your calling, knowing your gifting, knowing that, you know, I'm at, at my comedy career, Molly didn't start till I was 40, you know? So it, having these things happen, um, and, and kind of being comfortable in your own skin and, and knowing who you're, who you're reaching and, and being able to do that, um, with, with joy and, and fulfillment for yourself and for whoever your target is, it is essential and, yeah. and really important. So yeah, I, I love that question. And I, I, I think people who probably listen to your podcast get that for themselves and, and probably some of my fast forward to the end to get this, answer yeah. it's, but it's so important to have that purpose and know it and be comfortable in it. Uh, and keep going back to that. And, and when, and then, then that also provides the guardrails. A lot of times I would, I've talked to people about strategic communication. My husband's in this field too, but we talk about guardrails, right? So if you have those guardrails, you have your purpose. It's easy to say no to the things that are outside that. Right. Exactly. So then it makes your yeses so much more clearer and you just have to be comfortable with that. And we talked a little bit about that, the reset, the rhythm thing. And it's easy to say yes to people want to people please and all that. But if we have if things aren't right in line with our guardrails on our purpose, then we have to say no. And, and, and a lot of times that means I say no to dollar bills a lot yeah, um, because it's just not within the purpose of, of the business. And Same. it's hard to say no to dollar bills. It I is. Like, I like dollar bills. Yeah. But, um, but sometimes if they're not within the line of the purpose, it's not going to be a long-term benefit. So it's important to know that. Yeah. Oh, such a good answer. And uh, I love that you said, you're like, I don't understand this question because I don't know how you do that. And I'm like, you would be surprised. Um, sure. So you'd be surprised. Now I only have the people on the show who have an answer to the question, but I will be honest that I get pitches from people all the time to be on the show. And I am like, I don't think they have an answer to that question. Um, and so I don't have those people on this show. And did you read the name of the podcast? Did you you read it? Did you read it? You you didn't, you didn't. Yeah. I just delete those. I was really cute in the early days of doing this show. I've been doing this show for six years now. And when I first started, I replied to every single podcast pitch that I got. And then very quickly I was like, well, this is not sustainable. And so this takes up all of my time. So now I just, that's a cute Enneagram thing to do. Enneagram two thing to do in the beginning. Very much an Enneagram two thing to do, but then (laughs) You know, as I'm sure you know, twos go to eight in like yes, and stress, whatever. Right. And so right. I, um, but in a, in a healthy way, yeah, I. No, you have to tap into that. Beep, 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 delete, yeah. delete, go. We did, um, Leanne and I on our YouTube channel. Um, if you want to look, you want, might want to look this up or I'll send yeah, you Oh, link. I will. We did Enneagram types as podcast hosts. Oh, that's well, funny. I'm definitely going to watch that because yeah. I probably would be like, yeah, that's me. It's fine. I'm a two wing three. So oh, yes, I see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, yeah. Michelle, this has been absolutely as much fun as I knew it would be. Thank you for being Aww. here and just, uh, you know, hanging out with me while you're in your Verbo, um, your VRBO. And uh, we're going to just continue to say VRBO, even though that we learned that it's it, actually it's Verbo. It's not Verbo, guys. It's not. It's, it's VRBO. Not, yeah, Let's I get know. It. Let's I get know. it right. It's VRBO. Thank you so much for having me. You are a delight. You're so fun. Thank you. You're I, fun. I sound surprised. 
that comes across in your, your voice, in your energy. For those of you who haven't seen Molly or met her, it's, it comes through in your voice and how you yeah. project yourself. And, and, and that yeah. is so, and being in this field, being in broadcasting, you know, and acting, you know, when people are faking it, yeah. you're not faking it. No, you're, real, you're fun. Oh, I like thanks. You. Thanks. You know, it's funny. One of my best friends said when we, when we became friends, she was like, so I have a confession to make. She's like, I collect funny friends. And so I have collected you as a friend. And so I was like, <laughs> well, th- Thank you. Like, I'm really glad. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, I'm really glad that you are honest enough to say you collect funny friends. Like they're right. like a beanie baby. And then there's the pressure. Now, every time you're with her, you have to make her laugh or she's going to cut you out. She's going to drop you. She'd be like, you are no longer funny. And so I'm going to drop you like a, like a, like beanie babies. It, the beanie babies were cool at one time. We, we collected them thinking that we were going to make us a lot of money. And now they do not. And no, they're, <laughs> yeah. I just, my daughter just bought one at a garage sale for a dollar. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. It was the entire bucket of them. Like, oh, we gave up on that dream. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Anyway, and then this is actually gonna what we're gonna end on. This is what I'm gonna leave everybody with right okay. now. Since we're talking about Beanie Babies, this is the we're gonna just put the button on the show with this. Okay. I need everybody to go to Google Images and just search Beanie Baby Divorce. And the greatest image, the, the people, the couple who yes. in the courtroom are dividing up their beanie babies in the divorce it is yes. one of the most iconic. I just, I'm like, that was a, Petty, a, a choice stupid. you made. Yes. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. And I would love to know where those people are now. Like I want to see and, that and show. Those beanie babies actually <laughs> sell. Cause I would actually pay money for one of the ones that was in that image. I know I it's, would. I would, that would be that on my shelf behind one. me with my Joanna Gaines, that specific one with your Joanna Gaines note. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Michelle, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay. Tell me what's the over under on how many times you cracked up during that episode. Isn't she hilarious? Oh, I loved her so much. I feel like she and I need to do something together. Tell me if you agree, okay? Be sure to tune in next week because next week is episode 210. And as you know, on the 10s, they are special edition episodes. And next week, my husband, John, is going to be joining me and we are going to be diving into the topic of money and finance. This has been a much requested episode that we do from so many of you. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation around personal finance and money and saving and all those kinds of things. So be sure to tune in next week for that episode. But as always, I would love to know what you loved about this episode. So let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. And be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and click that subscribe or follow button and take a moment to leave a review so that I can know how this show is personally impacting you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me. Another huge thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing this show. Now, everybody go do something good with purpose on purpose.